Welcome to Hate Change, the podcast where we question the truth and find happiness in new realities. My name is Anne Therese, and I'm so excited to have you here on this journey with me. So now, let's get ready to embrace some change. Did you know that 99% of the world's gold miners use mercury when extracting gold from the earth? I did not know that. And mercury is a super harmful material that the United Nations have declared as a worldwide crisis, and more so actually, the number one threat to the planet. When today's guest Robert, or Bob Donofrio, the founder of Futura Jewelry, found out about this, he knew we had to do something about it. Bob began his career in luxury jewelry business 35 years ago, and he's a former president of brands like Bulgari and Esprit. But through a recent life-changing discovery of the devastation and threat the mercury that is used in small-scale gold mining poses to our planet, he chose to support a cleaner tomorrow. He launched Futura, a modern brand offering consumers a new jewelry option to wear what they believe. And he's also the official partner of the UN Environment Program Global Mercury Partnership, and I am so honored to have him here on Hate Change. So get ready to learn a lot more about the gold business and how we can help change it for the better as conscious consumers. Welcome back to my podcast. We are doing this recording for a second time. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. I'm so happy, actually, that this worked out the way it did, because we did our first recording when I was in San Francisco, just over the phone, and for technical reasons, didn't work out as we wanted it. Yes. And so, here I am, lucky to meet you in person in New York. And the same for me. It's really a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. This is so exciting. We're in this beautiful apartment building in Tribeca, Mm -hmm. and uh, just making this happen the most magical way. So, I'm excited to talk to you and to talk about and learn a lot more about the gold industry Mm -hmm. uh, and what goes into it and why we need to change it today because it's important and you're about to find out why but I would love to first just hear a little bit more about you you've been in the jewelry luxury jewelry business for 35 years so I would love to just hear more about your background and expertise in this area okay Uh, it's true I started out actually as an engineer and uh, a financial person and then I was fortunate to um, be recruited by Bulgari while I was working in Rome and um, I was taught the jewelry business okay both in the workshop and also the buying of gemstones and from that point on I fell in love with the jewelry business and then I've been working and running some of the large brands okay uh, that are known around the world and uh, I've been then consulting for a number of years uh, for a lot of those brands and my uh, experience is, um, as I said, rather broad, both from the standpoint of the making of the jewelry, the quality of the jewelry, the essence of jewelry, which is primarily to complement a woman for a woman, and the same thing for a man, to complement a man and not overpower them. And so um, I've been in this business, and I've loved it. And um, uh, three years ago, I came to a, a discovery that kind of brought us here today. Which we're going to talk a lot more about. I just want to hear though, what was it with the jewelry industry that just soaked you up so much? What is it well, you love so much about it? Well, you know, 
everybody's always happy. Mm. It's really a joyful business to be in. And for all of us who have worked in other areas of business, it's rare. So when you uh, come out and you see a potential client in front of you and it's always about smiles and celebrations and memories, uh, it's, it's infectious and uh, you know, it makes you feel good because you're doing something for someone. You're not just doing something for yourself, you're doing something for someone. And I think that's one of the greatest pleasures of all. So um, very, very hard to leave that industry uh, once you're in it because, like I said, it's, it's an industry of joy. So it's been 35 years of joy and pleasure and happiness. At the same time, you reach this huge disconnect, which led you to um, eventually start your own company, Futura Jewelry. What was it that you discovered and why did you feel the need to start this company? Well, uh, I always felt that any company, and let's just talk about the jewelry companies now, uh, their purpose is to provide the consumer with something the consumer wants. And having been in this industry for a long time, I was doing some independent research because everyone was talking about how you know the consumer's tired, they want something new, and everybody was saying, uh, you know, what, what do we do? So I was doing some independent research about really, what is the consumer today? And what aren't we doing? And, and I don't think any of the brands were really paying attention to the change in what was going on with um, today's consumer and what they were interested and concerned about. So I was doing some research. It led me to start with looking at lab-grown diamonds. Uh, and the reason for that being, again, that um, you know there were concerns about the environment, about the social things and everything of mine diamonds. And I thought that certainly that was something that could be very interesting and something that um, people wanted because they wanted to know that, you know what, they could get a real diamond, still a real diamond made the same way, just above ground rather than below ground, and not have any of those issues mm -hmm. and know everything about transparency where it came from. And um, for me, that was, a, you know, the first start. And then it just, jewelry is made up, right, of sometimes gemstones and sometimes, obviously, gold, like primarily gold. And so the next step for me was to look at gold and again, taking into account the consumer, what does the consumer want? And this whole aspect of transparency and um, that it's ethical and it's being done properly. So as I'd done the research that I had never done, I had never asked before, okay, um, I discovered that um, we have a lot of small scale miners, gold miners around the world who rely on this profession to eat every day, okay? And there are 15 million of them, and they primarily use mercury when they're separating the gold from the rock and sediment where they find it. Mm. And so, unbeknownst to them, because I want you to understand, when I say 15 million, they're in every continent, every country, all over the place, including the United States. And most of them are doing things that have been in their families forever. It's how you do things. It's just how you did things, okay? And it's been that way for millennia. It's not something that happened 100 years ago or 200 years ago. And when I found this out, I was like, quite frankly, I was embarrassed first because I had never asked myself that question before. I was so happy, as I told you before, happy selling and happy having people in front of me being joyful with what they received. I never thought about it, so I did. And at that point there, everything changed. 
And I just felt I needed to do something and give something back now. And that's what brought me to Futura. So Futura is all about bringing sustainably sourced, no mercury gold to the consumer and to keep this chain of love and, you know, celebration to people's lives. And I just am honored that there are people like you in this world who dare to take that bold move to leave, you know, big brands that you were working for, a safe, a safety network, basically, and to ask the right questions and break the mold and to say, well, there needs to be a different kind of product. And if it doesn't exist yet, let's create it, right? So thank you so much for doing that. And actually, Mercury has been called from the United Nations as like a worldwide crisis. It's so dangerous. Correct. It's a worldwide crisis. Correct. Why is it so dangerous to the plant and to the people that are working with it? Um, I'll go into that a little bit. I, I don't profess to become, you know, be a, a medical expert in things, but um, mercury um, um, has an effect on the internal nervous system, on what, what our immune systems. Uh, it has an effect on uh, sometimes um, potentially childbirth and things, and it leads to a lot of complications. And the medical profession certainly has documented all this. Um, the perils of mercury became more apparent, I think, you know, it all stems back to a, a city in Japan called Minamata, and uh, back in, I think, the 1950s it was, and it really was a city almost wiped out by mercury poisoning, wow. okay? And in fact, the UN, when they adopted this Minamata Convention uh, three years ago, okay, it was named purposely after that city. So it's been a problem. It's been a problem for a long time. And now the fact that the UN has declared it, it's the number one threat to the planet. The number one and, threat. And, and most of us aren't aware. And um, that gave me more, um, uh, I'll say, desire to try to look into this and see how can someone make a difference. Um, and the reality is, is that people listening to this podcast, as well as many others and myself, no one understands the link of jewelry to this because someone would say, say well, what do we need another jewelry brand for? Well, um, the gold that these 15 million miners mine, 70% of it is sold to jewelry users. Okay, that's why. And so when I discovered that is when I realized that I could do something. Before that, I didn't know I could do something, okay? I was appalled, but I didn't know I could do something. But then I realized I could do something. And then what I had to do, though, was, uh, you know, I, I couldn't be a crusader because, unfortunately, crusading just doesn't work, okay? And I know the UN is involved in everything, and we also know that legislating doesn't always work and things. So from my perspective and my experience in, in business, I just knew I had to create demand. Mm -hmm. So... Um, and it wasn't something because of the supply chain that any big brand, even if they wanted to, okay, could do. Because there's just not enough gold being mined responsibly, okay, wow. and certified to supply them. That's the bottom line. So that's what really gave me the desire to say, you know what, I can do something. But the key was, it's not just about making jewelry with gold. It had to be special jewelry. It had to be jewelry that people would love first and then they would buy because it was made yeah. with mercury-free gold okay so 
um, the creation of Futura took a long time. It's been like from my from the first thought till today. It's a little over three years actually. Um, and um, what I did first was I made it about the consumer. So there's no creative director. Um, I don't. We don't want egos here. There's no sense of giving people what you know the creative director wants. So first thing was no creative director. The second thing was that my knowledge of the business says that all great timeless design has been done before. Mm -hmm. And all of the great brands that we all know the names of, when they're coming out with new things and things, or they're coming out with a rejuvenation, they go back in time because more great design has been done already. So we use jewelry historians uh, to go back in time, identify either um, errors when cultures were abounding, or countries, or in some cases artists and things, and identifying timeless design. Very hard to do, but that's what their goal is. Then we use a panel of, we'll call a curation panel of women, who are women of today, probably could be the potential clients, and they help us identify what they think the client would want today. So we're really making this about the consumer. And we're not producing large quantities, okay, in terms of a collection of things, because it's what we find at a period of time. And we're not coming up with collections every spring and summer and fall. Um, we're releasing the jewelry when we find it and when it's right. So the, 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 the essence of Futur, we wanted it to be that if all that jewelry was ever placed on a table in front of a client or a consumer or yourself, you would look at it and you couldn't tell if it was made 2,800 years ago or if it was made today. And that's the goal, okay, to give people a call to action. So if they don't, by chance, we have right now the artist Man Ray. Um, we obtained the license from the Man Ray estate, first license that was given to anyone uh, to produce this jewelry like this because they believed in the Fairmind Ecological Gold and Mercury Free. And um, you know, the two pieces of jewelry that are on the website now um, you know, being offered for sale, I mean, they were made 70 years ago, right? And no one would know. No one would know when you see them just like today. And the next collection, which I'll just talk about briefly, just so you understand, comes actually from the Greek culture about the pieces range from 2,200 years old to 2,800 years old. And once again, I don't have them in front of me to show you. I didn't bring them. But um, if I had them on the table, um, you would never know that they weren't made today. Okay, and that's what timelessness is. And so the key was to give the consumer what they're looking for. So conscious consumption, we don't need fads, we don't need something new. What we need is something we love and can love forever. So that's the premise of Futura. And then once someone falls in love with that, okay, and the concept, and they can keep coming back and they're not gonna find the same style because the style has to be wherever it comes from. If it's the Greek style, it's the Greek. If it's Man Ray, it's Man Ray. I'm gonna do a pair of earrings from a, um, from a silversmith called William Spratlin doing them in gold, he did things in gold also, uh, which is going to be the third release. Um, so, and each one is different, except for one common denominator. They're all modern and relevant, mm -hmm. and that's the key. And then, hopefully, when people get there and they say, wow, we love them, we love it, they're going to then find out that every time they buy a piece of this jewelry, they're helping reduce, really reduce, mm -hmm. directly, mercury emissions. That's I the love, key. sorry for interrupting you, I just... I mean, I get I'm, I get so happy from conversations like these because I feel like that's where we need to 
like that's the direction we need to move about basically everything. We need to move away from fads and a new fashion every week and this like fast consumerism and go back to like appreciating art and creativity and really good quality. And like you said, it could be timeless. This is a rain that could be passed on through generations. Yes. And I mean, the fact that it's like toxic free, toxic free, mercury free, and ethically made and all that, it's just like a given, you know? Like, of course it is. Of course, whatever's being produced should be produced through like great values and with the planet and humans' best intentions and animals' best intentions in mind. And then, so that's just something that should be given for anything we produce. And then it comes down to like, what does the consumer want? How can we bring joy? How can we create those moments? And how can we produce pieces that someone would, will want and will want to keep for like a long time and then potentially pass on to another person they really care for? Exactly. So you're getting it. Exactly. Uh, and I think it's it's heading in that direction and you're just on the like front line of it. So Well, I, I, I want you to understand that all of the jewelry companies, I think, would like to do more because, you know, it, it, they, they, are, they recognize the issue um, and they're doing their best, but um, they, can't, they can't affect change the way a new modern brand can. Mm -hmm. And once we get the consumers aware and asking, then they'll be able to join in, okay? And that's the goal here. The goal here isn't to make Futur the biggest, most known jewelry company in the world. The goal here is it's the first follower. That's all. We're the first, okay? And all we need to do is make people aware so that maybe when they go to their favorite jeweler, they can ask. Mm. And maybe the jeweler might say, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't know how to get that. And maybe by asking, they can make it work. I, and I think I want, I, I want to take time, if it's okay with you, to explain this problem is unlike any of the other industries. It's not like the fashion industry where maybe people are being forced to do certain things in certain ways, or maybe we're, we're doing things that technologically we can change. Gold is an element. These 15 million people need to eat every day. And so what we have to do is we have to build trust with them. And the only way to build trust with someone who needs to eat every day is what? We've got to show them that there's always going to be somebody there to buy that gold, mm -hmm. okay, that's going to go in the right place if you do it the right way. Mm -hmm. And that's the key here. So I, I, I think what's, what I really learned about all this, when I started, I started at the top end of the circle, you know, say, I have to create demand. And the people who have been in this for many, many more years than me got that and said, wow, we never thought about that. That's a good thing. But as I gotten more into this and I am part of now, I, I petitioned to be a partner on the UN for the Global Mercury Emissions Reductions Program and I learned more. I understand that Futura is going to be part of a model that is circular, that embraces okay, the miners that make the changes and that then can be used to go and be put in places around the world. This is not an easy problem. It's not going away in a year or even 10 years. Because you have to understand, there's no concentration of miners. And you can find maybe 150 in a certain radius of, I don't know, 10, They're 15 miles. Place. They're all over. So, But the thing is, is that if we can start, okay, and, and keep going, we'll eventually get there. I may not see it, okay? But your children, my grandchildren, whatever, they're going to see it. 
And that's the key here. The key here is to understand that this is not some elixir that all of a sudden, oh, wow, you do this. No, it's a very sustained process that you have to buy into and understand that those miners around the world are the heroes of this project. Yeah. Not Futura. They're the heroes. We just have to make them feel that they are the heroes. Because right now they don't feel that. And educate. That's the name. And, you know, many of the people who go before me, uh, who have, are down in the trenches and trying to educate and things, I want you to understand, they do their best, but then how do you control that they maintain that? You know, the gold traders are down there doing things, influencing. It's all kinds of stuff going on that, you know, we don't know. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I know more now today than I knew three years ago. I'm probably going to know more a month or two from now than I know today. But once you buy into doing something good, you can't stop at just your place. You have to see it as a complete circle. And I think um, the key to anybody listening to the podcast and who might speak to other people and their friends is that jewelry isn't something for the elite or the special people. In this case, jewelry is probably the only way to really solve this problem mm-hmm. because that's where most of that gold goes today. And I think that's probably one of the biggest um, uh, missions that Futura is going to have. And that's why I took great pains to think about how I could make Futura different so that I could get that point across to people that it's not about having another brand to make money. It's about showing the conduit from jewelry to a gram, two grams, three grams, four grams of mercury being being stopped, okay, being emitted into the atmosphere. That's all this is. It's that simple. And I hope other brands will eventually, because of demand, get on it mm-hmm. and do it. So, that's so as a cons- someone listening and as a consumer, you say that it's helpful to walk into any jewelry, well, jewelry store and just ask, hey, is this made from mercury-free gold? Yeah. Just you, asking you, the question. You, you can do it. But remember, like I said, the last thing we want to do here is, you know, jewelry has been in the human culture for six thousand years okay man from the first time that he was man declared man he found gold and gold is a very special element okay and it carries with it so i say it's intrinsic power and feeling and joy the last thing that we want to do for ourselves or for our future generations is, is take that away it's a beautiful thing so i don't think that they need to go in and, and, and like say ah you know i need this if they go in, they find something they like, and they should fall in love with it and buy it. Okay, that's what they should do. But at the same time, they could ask the question and say, do you know anything about where the gold comes from and things? And you know what? They're going to find in a lot of jewelers. Um, they use recycled gold. So they, they, they believe that they're doing the right thing. And they are. They're doing something. But it doesn't reduce the mercury emissions one gram. Yeah. Because why? Those people still have to eat every day. They have to still eat. So I think if people start to ask about where it comes from, um, maybe, again, heightened okay, uh, awareness of it, maybe on the part of the jeweler themselves, maybe like me, they might find out and say, you know what, I took this way out because it was offered to me. Maybe I can go a step further. Because that's what it's going to be. It's all going to be voluntary. Huh? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be anything but voluntary. But... 
where the power lies is in the hands of the consumer. Yeah. And I think that's the key here now. And the consumer, like I said, you don't want to dare take away the joy. Because, you know, when you see the joy of anybody, you know, opening up a box or putting on a ring or something, you know what, that's forever. However, with today's, I'll say, interest, rightfully so, probably the first generation to really care about the environment the way it does and about people and things, we can do better. Yeah. We can do better. We, we certainly can do better. I think it's what you're saying. It's literally about raising awareness. And the reason to why I said about walking into the store and asking questions, um, talking about joy, I feel the same way about food. <laughs> it's like when I get a plate that's just like gorgeous and delicious. I feel that moment of joy and me being plant-based or vegan. I sometimes walk in almost knowing there's not going to be anything for me, but I still just want to ask the questions because sometimes they do have like a separate menu that just bring out of nowhere. Um, but at the same time, I feel like because of people asking questions, then they start having conversations around among the staff. We're like, oh, this girl walked in and she asked about this. And then that reaches some kind of management level. And then, you know, before you know it, the conversation is going. And because of people asking for it, showing that there's demand for that, um, they might change the menu and add more options for plant-based people. And I think the same goes with fashion and beauty products, now jewelry. Yes. So, I mean, don't do it in like an attacking, aggressive way. Correct, correct. But out of curiosity and just to start conversations and maybe around dinner tables too and amongst friends and just, you know, now since you're listening, you know about mercury and gold, which is really dangerous. We should just, you know, raise the awareness about it more and more. If, if this podcast serves any purpose, it's really that. It's communication. It's just making more people aware because I must tell you, Almost everyone I've touched in these three years, with the exception of those that are immersed in, in, in the process of trying to help, they all looked at me like, what do you mean? And no, no one had a, an idea. And certainly then no one even tied the, the success of anything being done to jewelry. Because the first thing that everybody thinks when you make jewelry is, ah, oh, it's for those wealthy people, it's for this, it's for that. and. Um, we have to get over that because jewelry that everyone buys, it doesn't have to be in the name brands, okay? In fact, if you think about it, you know, most of the jewelry that people buy and wear, almost 70% of it comes from not those main brands, mm -hmm. okay? So at the end of the day, it's dispersed and it's all around. Everybody loves it. And I just think that the more that we talk about it um, and the more that people understand it's, it's about finding those people who are today using mining practices involving mercury are the places where we have to get to. Because there are places, just so you know, and again, because people listen to the podcast will say, oh, I know this. Or, people do pan for gold, just like they did back in the gold rush days in California. And guess what? They've been pan, panning for gold their whole lives. They've never been part of the problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want everybody to understand, look, it, there's going to be a lot of naysayers. Okay, they say, ah, recycled gold, it does help. It doesn't. There's not enough recycled gold to serve the needs annually. And it never will be. And um, it's just, to think that way is really not right. Because those people still have to eat. We have to remember that. If we don't remember those people are like us, except instead of maybe going to work every day in an office or whatever, they're going to work in the fields and the mines and things like that. That's what we have to remember, that it's not about an alternative. Gold is an element. 
You don't make any more. You're finding, that's it. That's it. Okay, you don't, no technology, unlike the diamond, okay, because we understand carbon, pressure, heat, whatever, you can make a diamond. Beautiful. Gold, you can't make it. Alchemy, okay, for all it's worth and everything, wasn't able to make gold, okay? And so I think that's the key here. And and, and the real difference, so for, for myself, the biggest issue here is is for everyone to see who is now really in the fashion industry and what they're doing and everything else. And it it can be done. In the gold industry, it's much more difficult. And I think they need to understand those nuances and then be patient. Because the thing isn't all of a sudden start having boycotts and things. It does not, does, doesn't work. Because to get to all those people, it's going to take a long time, long yeah. time. Just a lot of dedication. <laughs> you just make me smile. You know, you're just, you're so passionate and driven and like at your age wanting to like change the world. You know, a lot of people your age, not to say, you know, we're not talking about ages, yes. but it's just so easy to feel like, oh, I've done my part. I've, it's for the next generation to do that. But you're starting something new that our generation can pick up and continue. And you have the expertise that we don't have. Um, so I think it's beautiful. Well, that, that's exactly what happened to me because it really just bothered me that I participated in so much joy unknowingly and I could have done something about it 20 years ago had I asked a simple question. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like with a lot of us, you know, we get caught up in what's good for us and what's going on around us. And I don't think we have that time. We have that generosity of time to think about others. And when I realized it, I just, you know, yeah, I couldn't sit back. I just couldn't, and um, I'm just very thankful that I got this far. And that is actually the premise of this podcast, Hey Change, Finding Happiness, New Realities. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's literally about asking those questions. Like, what are, what are the things we're just doing by default? Like, what are we just doing from, like, having grown up in that culture or, like, having those habits? Because that's just what you do, right? And you don't even yes. question it. So I think the more we are just willing to question and be more open to new ways of living and learning new things. And like like you said, I think Futura is such a brilliant example of that. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be about sacrificing. Like you don't want to sacrifice joy in buying jewelry. You don't have to want to sacrifice beauty. It's about just creating something new with a little bit of twitch to it. So like there's some new element which is like mercury free gold. And of course it's supposed to be sustainable and good for the planet. You're just adding that on top of it. And I think the more we can think in those terms and just be more open to like, could I do this differently and still be happy and, you know, have a great time on this planet in unison with other people and other uh, species. I think that's literally the key. And like you said, we don't really have time to just keep going as we're doing it. We just, now is, now is the time to act. Um, and there is hope for the future, if you think that way. There, there's no doubt that there's hope and there are a lot of good people out there environmentalists and scientists and educators who were joining in this, okay? But as I said, the thing that I, I, I felt that was missing, and I now having spoken with them and been on these panels and things with them and things, they recognize it, that everybody was interested in their own specific area and making that good and never looking out and about about what else has to be done here. And I think that's one of the things that my and my, I, in my own little way with Futura, have made them aware of. And it's helpful. And that's all you really want to do. You want to feel like you've done something, okay, that helps others. 
And I think um, that's what drives me every day. Yeah. yeah. Bob, thank you so much for, for being here on this podcast, for talking with so much passion about this new project of yours and about changing the world. And I'm sure you've inspired a lot of people listening, including myself. Um, you should definitely check out Futura. It's Futura. Futura Jewelry. Dot com. Yes. And then on Instagram, it's Futura Jewelry. It is. And I will, of course, link everything in the show notes so you can find them. Go check out their gorgeous jewelries and follow them along. And they make really cool Instagram stories too, where you like educate and like talk about it in a very positive and educational way. Um, so you feel empowered as a consumer because that's what it's all about. Um, so, yeah, thank you so much. Just want to wrap up with like a few final questions. Okay, please. Um, I, I am very much myself in love with mornings and I believe that starting off your day starts with a good morning. Um, that's like my key to success. And I am just curious to know what your morning looks like and if you feel the same way. My morning probably looks just like yours and it's been that way for my whole life. So um, after my early years, okay, and whatever, um, of, of athleticism and things, I uh, get up every morning early and I either run I lift weights or I do Pilates um, probably six out of seven days every day, wow. every week. And it's been that way forever. And because I believe morning is a good time um, to really clear your head, clear your mind, be alone. And some of the best thinking that I've done um, has always been that way when, you know, it's quiet. Nobody else is up and around and not taking time away from anybody else. Uh, but I'm giving time to myself. And uh, yeah, so I believe like you, mornings are a good time for us. And you look so young, by the way. And you feel so young. Your energy well, is just... Well, I, I, you know <laughs> what? Um, it's, it's all about that. Yeah. And so long as you feel like you can contribute and continue, that's what you need to do. And that's what drives, you know, gets me up every morning. I smile. Since I've been doing this, I have to tell you, you know, I've worked for many, many years and all these big companies and some of them not so big but I've never been happier than these last three years. Yeah. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I feel too, I mean, there was a time, I thought that I did all this, these morning rituals, whatever, because I wanted to be like physically active and fit. And so I was trying to justify, like, I don't really have to do that, I can work out later. And then I started like develop stress levels and I couldn't understand why. But then I realized it wasn't for that reason I was doing my morning walks or whatever it was I was doing. Yes. It's for the mental space. You know, it's just getting out there and clearing your mind and setting yourself off for like a good day. I need it so badly. Um, I don't, I turn into like <laughs> the worst partner if I don't get it. <laughs> and, and you know, not everybody can do that, okay, early morning because there are some people that just say, yeah. I can't do it. But if anybody can find that time, the morning is good only because there is a quiet to the morning. If you try to do that later in the morning or in the afternoon, unfortunately, there are, <laughs> there are a lot of distractions. And if by chance you're married or have a family, things, obviously there are a lot of duties and things that need to be done. But I do agree with you that um, I could still have the same amount of time to do something physical later on in the day. I don't do it. And it's not because I don't want to stay fit. It's just because it doesn't serve the purpose doesn't serve the purpose yeah if you were to pick one celebrity that would wear your jewelry and then plaster it like all over social media who would that person be well um, it's not really a terribly difficult because first of all it must be someone who's authentic and someone who's genuine I don't believe in because someone's celebrity status then that they become a spokesperson or something because it, it needs to be genuine 
And so if I had a person to pick, it would be uh, Emma Watson. Mm. Emma Watson. Gorgeous. Inside and out. Gorgeous. Inside. You said the right word. Inside and then outside. Yeah, but it all emanates from the inside. A wonderful person. Yep. And we're going to manifest that right now. Okay. Emma Watson, the jewelry. Can happen. You Beautiful. Know? And Beautiful. once I see that picture, I'm going to be like, Bob. Yes, you we did. It. We yes, we did it on the podcast. We did it on the podcast. I'll, I will claim that. <laughs> okay, that's okay. You can claim. Listen, anything that helps this project get going for everyone, you know what? I want them all to claim everything because this isn't about me. None of this is about me. And that's why I said, even the people that I, I hire to work with me as consultants and things as I go through this process, you know, they can't have egos because the minute you have an ego get in the way, you lose the mission. Yeah. You lose the mission. And the mission's much bigger than any single person. Yes. I'm sorry to do it back, but anyway. No, no, totally. Okay. I think it's so important. You just, you know, on the head with that. And if anyone listening happens to ever see her wearing the jewelry, you need to tag us. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> Please yes. let us know. Yes, of um, course. Okay, so final question. Are you optimistic about the future? And if so, why? Well, um, the fact that I'm here doing what I'm doing says I'm optimistic. And the reason being is that this generation now that has grown up with the internet um, is the first generation that is empowered to really, there are no limits. And I think we've seen it all out there already where, you know, someone who questions something and does it in the proper way and whatever can really affect change and do things. And I think that's what makes me optimistic that um, the prior to this generation, you know, to try and go up against a big company or something, you know, you couldn't do that. You had all those traditional things you had to do that cost huge sums of money, prevented you from speaking your piece, preventing you from having a voice. And today we see from politics to car industry to every industry, all you need to do is have a legitimate reason to question and you can do it and you can do it and not be faulted for it. And, and I think that's the beautiful thing. So I think this generation and probably even more so the generations to follow will feel that empowerment that certainly my generation never felt. We might have fought some of those battles, okay, but um, you never had that assurity that said, you know what, I can do this. And this thing with Futura, I feel like I can do it because of these tools and because of this environment that this young generation has created that says, yep, if you have a cause and it's right, we can do it, we can do it. So I think there's everything to be optimistic for, everything, everything. You're welcome. Thank you again for tuning in today. I'm super excited to have you with me on this journey of change. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes. And if you have a minute over, please leave a quick review and some stars. Thank you. I'm also to be found on Instagram via the hashtag HeyChange or on my website, HeyChange.net. So please follow me and we can be friends. All right, until next time, have an awesome day and don't forget to get out there and embrace some change.